Uh, let me start out by emphasizing, as I have done before, um, that H2O is a solvent for its own polarity, and that that realization is the is the the difference between the understanding that I've developed and that is the correct understanding, and the understanding that's part of the current paradigm, which has brought about a lot of confusion. And uh, we're going to address some of that confusion today here on solving tornadoes. And the subject we're going to we're we're going to discuss is well, I, I previously discussed the transition between you know every time you every time H two O has some kind of a transition, there's just weird stuff. It's stuff that's not normal compared to other molecules. Different stuff goes on, and we discussed previously that there's a very huge uh, shift in um, the ver a very huge variability of the boiling temperature dependent upon pressure. That's a very unusual um, thing. And as you recall, if you, the reason that's there is because of the high elasticity that exists between H2O molecules. So that was the explanation for that one. Okay, but we're not discussing that today. Today we're going to be discussing the other transition, the other main transition, of course, and that's between liquid water and um, solid ice. And, oh boy, where do we start here? Um, well, let's just make a, a few well-known observations. You know, these are things you could look up on the internet. Um, let me see now. Um, H2O is densest when it's in the liquid state, okay? And when it's in the state of ice, it is less dense, meaning that there's more space between the molecules or collectives thereof inside of uh, any uh, ice, okay? So, I, I know, it just seems like a funny way of saying it. Ice is hard, <laughs> and liquid is not. Now, if you look in the, um, if you go on the internet, you say go to YouTube, and you say, uh, show me, uh, do you have any graphics that that demonstrate the transition from um, liquid H2O to uh, uh, ice H2O? And what they'll show you is these molecules that are kind of somewhat random and jumbled around, and and have very tenuous bonds that are breaking and forming all the time, that suddenly their character changes right around um, 32 degrees, just to generalize it. There's more details to it than, than that. We're gonna discuss those, that particular transition. There's also the, the density. The density starts going up at four degrees below zero. That's something to, that we're gonna discuss along the lines here. And that's a really, and there's a reason for that too, and that's actually a big clue as to the correct answer. But maybe I should start off by saying that the current answer they have is um, based on confusion. It's not really based on anything uh, that makes any rational sense. Um, I'll just put it this way. According to the current paradigm, H2O, when it gets below 32 degrees, usually forms up into this cage-like structure can, that can just be described, can best be described as consequence of them standing on each other's hands and feet and forming uh, geometric relationships that 
provide more space uh, and, and that therefore this explains why H2O and and by the way what is is there's now there's higher degree of symmetry according to their model now th now think of that what we're saying is there's more order there's more um, now here's the thing Remember what I was saying here at the beginning of this, that the most important thing to understand here is that H2O is a solvent of its own polarity. Well, it is. And it does that to the degree, and frankly, only when it's in a tetrahedral relationship with itself that's reflective of the underlying quantum dynamics. In other words, there's, it's going to be a... a um, a perfect tetrahedron that is that is the uh, arrangement that they will align themselves um, and there should be a perfect distribution because there's equal number of of hydrogen bonding points as there are oxygen bonding points and they all kind of line up and it's actually fairly simple to understand and but here's the thing, if you don't realize that in so doing, they have just neutralized or completely eliminated the electromagnetic um, charge going across each other's nuclei, that is the cause of the polarity. And the polarity being that which is causing them to be stuck together. <coughs> so... What we're saying now, what we're saying first of all is that the more um, super sim, sim, the more symmetrically they are arranged, the looser they are, the less dense they are. Okay. Now again, that's just a consequence of the true nature of the way H2O molecules interact with each other, which has been misunderstood up until now. Now, if you want to get some details as to exactly how you can understand that and even describe it to other people, um, well, I'm going to be doing a video on that. And it's going to make it very clear. Um, but really, it's it just is simply a matter of conceptualizing this. The more they are um, bonded to each other in an orderly fashion, the less is the force holding them together. Now, if you don't know that, you're not going to understand why it is that in reality, ice is the result of bonds breaking. It's not the result of bonds forming. And that's what's the fundamental confusion of ice. Let me, let me say that again, because I may have just kind of jumped to the conclusion there kind of quickly. Um, the, the formation of hard bonds in ice or actually any H2O under any conditions involves some of the bonds breaking. Because if some of them don't break, then there won't be any polarity for them to form hard bonds. Does that make sense? So therefore... What's happening in ice is that at those degrees, at those temperatures, something happens within them that causes bonds to break. Now you say, well, what do you mean something causes 
bonds to break where you'd have to actually look at how they are in existence with each other relative to each other to understand what might happen under low temperature conditions that would cause some of them to start to lock together and then collectively um, break each other's bonds and start to effectuate the same in a collective manner to thereby cause a lot of breakage of H2O molecules um, bonds and that therefore creates a um, Um, by, by breaking those bonds, right, polarity is activated. Remember, because H2O is a solvent of its own polarity. So when you break its ability to completely be a solvent, some of its polarity comes back. So its polarity comes back, and it's expressed in the hardness of ice, and we can all see it. See the, see the complete irony there, though? It's the breakage of bonds that happens under low temperatures that is the reason ice exists. And, and the reason when you heat it up that it returns to liquid is because there's enough movement in there for them to start to actually form relationships with each other that neutralize each other's polarity. And this can only happen at above certain temperatures. And as long as they do that, they're in the vicinity to continually neutralize each other's polarity, it's gonna be a very loose substance water is be a very um, well it's gonna be just what we identify it as so um, think about that now for most molecules the closer they are together the more orderly are orderly they are the more they form um, strong bonds and the more we think of it as viscous or solid you know, as having structural properties. But with H2O, something very different is going on. And the more they are next to each other, the more they are together, the less is the force holding them together. And that force only takes place when there's some breakage mixed therein. You know, and it has to be kind of orderly mixed in too it can't just it, it has to have some degree of, of pattern to it the actual mixing in of the breakage of, of them in order to effectuate a larger a, a, a large enough polarity for um, for ice to come into existence now that is of course would be and I'm sure is a, a it, it's a, to the degree that it's understood, a controversial um, thing to say because our current understanding is it's just nothing like this. It's nothing at all. It, our current understanding is built around this mistaken uh, inability to, to realize or properly conceptualize that H2O is a solvent of its own polarity. That was their mistake. That was the failure. And that was really just a matter of a, of a little slight conceptual error that nobody noticed no no one's trying to pull any tricks here just someone just didn't notice something and i i talk about that in my videos but once you see it you it's kind of hard to remember it because it's so subtle but um that has to do i refer to that by the way in case you want to chase it down 
to that particular concept as Pauling's omission. And I, I do that in reference to Linus Pauling, who's the one who kind of uh, cemented in those notions in our understanding uh, in the history of, uh, of chemistry. And so um, here is where the exception proves the rule. Now, another one of the phenomenon associated with um, with ice is the, or with that whole transition is this substance referred to as super chilled water, which is water that has gone below its um, freezing point and it has not frozen. Now you say, well, what's the cause of that? Well, if you understood the way the actual freezing process requires there to be some lack of symmetry within the mix of the water in order for there to be um, that twisting of them against each other to cause each other's more breakage. In other words, without the initial conditions being somewhat jumbled within the orderliness of H2O molecules in the liquid phase, there's nothing for the low temperature to grab onto to get that, that collective process started that causes freezing. And we refer to this as super chill water. And, it, and the, the big clue is that it only takes part in water that's been that's very pure that's been left alone for long periods of time to where it's in a very still uh, state without a lot of change in temperature without a lot of uh, you know and it, it this very pure water and because over time water naturally works out all of its internal occlusions you know the place where it has three three instead of four or, or five instead of four within its structural composition. And over time, it, it will work those things out. It'll just kind of naturally process them out in the same sense that a crystal uh, will do the same thing. And so, this, and what happens is, you achieve such a high degree of orderliness that it doesn't matter how cold it gets, they're gonna continue to stay within each other. They're gonna continue to resolve or um, is that the word dissolve each other's polarity because they're going to they're not going to be torn away from each other which is what happens when ice forms so you see that model of ice is very different than the one that um, that you would find if you looked in the textbooks right now but the only reason it's the main reason it's different is because you know every, all of it is perfectly logical the part that's different is the realization that H2O is in actuality a solvent of its own polarity. And, um, it, you know, it's only our ability to uh, get this. The fact that this is not really in the textbooks that, you know, um, and it's so different from what they would even consider. And that's the reason why it's not really taken uh, into account. That's one of the reasons. It's just simply isn't known about I just you know developed it recently now um, one last item I want to get to and that is the fact that there is that transition that's starting below 
uh, well, starting at four degrees Celsius, I believe it is. And let me first describe it. Um, as you chill water um, down to, um, you know, down to its freezing point, somewhere around um, four degrees Celsius is where the density transition starts. Think about that. That's where it starts. And by, when I say the density transition, what I mean is that's when they start to to um, to um, twist against each other. If there are the initial starting conditions for them to do that, which again means it can't be too orderly, right? So, and 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 so what happens is that that's where the density starts to go starts to go. Um, what is it now? Starts to go down, right? I get those mixed up in my mind here. Yeah, so that's when the density starts, you know, when it starts to get lighter. That's when they start to form spaces between them that can't be um, resolved. And that's, um, and here's the, here's a big clue though. When it does go super critical, when it does go super chilled, it doesn't do that. So it continues to just start to go down. In fact, its density doesn't e ever even dip up at all. It continues to go down in, in a somewhat flatter line, but still it, um, it misses that four degrees. So you can kind of, if you're chilling water and you see it go beyond that, you can predict that it's gonna be super chilled water even before it gets, gets to zero. And so, the thing here, though, that I again want to emphasize is by understanding the fundamental of what's really going on in there, you can start to actually work out the details and actually understand what's happening with water. It doesn't have to be something where um, there's there's it's just filled with politics and no one wants to talk to each other, which is what's happening in, in all of water. Just one great big giant stupid argument. It really is among the people who really understand uh, the issues. Well, most of them are just perfect, so perfectly isolated from each other that um, there's hardly going to be much of any chance of progress for probably quite some time. Oh, well, enough, enough. I got enough things to worry about. I'm not going to be worried about that too much. Um, but anyways, this is James McGinn um, solving tornadoes and hope everybody has a great afternoon. Bye-bye now.